Whether you're looking for a convenient refresher course, or a way to earn your Pragmatic certification at your own speed, or the chance to take a Pragmatic course from your specific corner of the world, then Foundations On Demand is the solution you need. Get the same great content, tools, and templates our Foundations course is famous for in a flexible and easy-to-use online learning platform. Learn the skills you need to build and market products people want to buy. And earn your Pragmatic Institute certification anywhere, anytime. No more travel worries, no more time zone issues, just truly great training. Experience the new way of training with Foundations On Demand from Pragmatic Institute. Visit pragmaticinstitute.com foundations to learn more. to the Pragmatic Product Chat series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I am Rebecca Falagiris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and more importantly, your host for today's episode. And today, I am really excited because we are going to talk to David Bard, Product Management and User Experience Leader, Product Coach, and just a really great mind in the product space. And we're excited because we're going to talk about something you're probably all curious about, uh, which is curiosity and its powerful impact. So welcome, David. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm really glad to be here. Awesome. All right. First, let's start with a little context. Uh, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about you and your background uh, and what you're doing today? Sure. So I started out as a UX designer and moved into product management about seven to 10 years ago and overlapping those two disciplines. I've really, for the last decade or so, have been working with B2B organizations as a product experience and design strategist, and really working with global organizations and startups. I've studied design thinking at, at MIT, and I've been coaching executives, product design, and development teams to really bring scalable you know, products to market and increase their overall market value. I primarily utilize user-centered kind of design thinking methodologies and working with organizations, both large and small. And yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to share what I've learned over the past few years. Awesome. So one of the things that we talk about, and sometimes I have this one instructor, Paul Young, uh, who's really passionate about sort of like the, the traits or sort of the kind of rock star traits, right? What makes really good product managers? And, you know, we talk about things like empathy and truth to power, but one of the ones that he always hones in on, and I think not it just matters for product management, like what, what for me makes really good employees is curiosity. Uh, and I know that's an area that you spent a lot of time thinking about as well. And just, can you like, why do you think curiosity is so important? So it's really interesting what has been discovered in the last you know, couple of decades in terms of the research that has come out about curiosity. When I was at Thomson Reuters heading up one of their experience design teams as a part of kind of the legal division, I went through culture training. And part of that training, there were numerous exercises in understanding 
curiosity and its effect on the organization. And some of the research that was presented was from a, a an academic, Larry Sen, um, who developed something called the mood elevator. And the mood elevator really describes kind of on a, on a micro level at an individual level, kind of our, our mood, how it moves up and down periodically as employees or just as people in general, but really focused on kind of the workplace in their level of enthusiasm and or disappointment. And what he came up with was that curiosity was that middle ground. And once you could kind of achieve a level of curiosity, you were able to move up into that move elevator and become more flexible and adaptive and a little more open to possibilities in general. And that really raised morale when employees in the organization could achieve that level. And so it had a profound effect on organizations, organizational behavior, where they kind of study you know, what goes on in organizations and, 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 and how people act. This was a critical component to ultimately the, the success of the functioning of an organization and the performance overall of what they could put out in terms of their market. It's so, it opens so many doors, right? It's so many doors because you're always like, and then what, but what else is this? Are there ways in the, in the kind of the research and your thinking that you've done in this, that, that uh, like a muscle that we can help build to remember to be curious or to, to kind of promote ourselves in that way of thinking? Yeah, I think as product managers, we inherently are pretty inquisitive and we're, we're generally open to knowing what we don't know. And, and I think always asking the question, what is it that we don't know that could potentially move us in a different direction? And we implement that type of thinking when we analyze markets, try to understand you know, industries at a, in, in a deeper level, both a, in a macro sense and a micro sense, competitive, competitive landscape. Uh, what do, let's say, other companies know that, that we don't? Are we on the right track? There's that comparative component. But I think exercising the muscle of generally being inquisitive and asking questions is absolutely critical to getting to the point of stimulating curiosity within our own teams and in the, in the larger organization. So would you say then that that the best way, so if, if many product people are naturally inquisitive, it's something uh, and curious and something they should lean into, is demonstrating that behavior enough in order to help others who may not be as naturally curious? Is there other things that we can do not, you know, to, to kind of promote an environment uh, where curiosity thrives? Yeah, I think one of the elements of really kind of creating a more inquisitive and curious and this really also it tangentially ties into kind of the growth mindset I think which is a, is a pretty vogue term demonstrating that as leaders I think product leaders need to exercise that muscle within themselves and within their teams which allows them to kind of set an example of here's how we can answer some of the questions that the organization needs to understand in order to move forward and to potentially do things better. So, you know, I, I've done this in, in teams that, that I've managed in the past, both in, in weekly and, and monthly team meetings, is really asking what could we have done differently? 
if everything is going swimmingly and, and perfect and everything is going up to the right, performance, revenue, stock price, et cetera, then it may seem that everything is, is, is going well. But I think that sometimes that can be the greatest concerns. We don't know really why things are going well. Mm. And, and really, we become a little more, it, it becomes more of an, an urgency to start asking these questions when things are not going well, right? So I think always keeping that in the forefront of no matter what the situation in it is and where performance is, is always asking how can we do something differently in order to either be more efficient or communicate better or improve whatever metrics are important to the team and the organization. And I, I love the, I think it's a really good reminder that being curious when things are going well is, is equally important. I do think you're right. Like when it's not going well, we dig and we cook and we go and we see. And the other thing from when you and I have talked before that I find really great is that as product people, we tend to be very curious about our customers and their problems, which is good. That is our job. Uh, and maybe the, the, you know, the, the products and stuff, but that being curious in a much wider lens is so powerful. Uh, curious about billing and curious about support. All of that helps really understand and shape the whole story, which I think is just a, a really, again, a, a great reminder of where we point the curiosity and not to, to, to limit that. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think curiosity can really permeate through not only the creative divisions within an organization, but also the traditionally non-creative mm -hmm. um, parts of an organization. As you mentioned, billing. I actually designed software for the legal billing process, and we had to ask a lot of questions. But what was really interesting is sitting in on the meetings with the global law firms who were, who were being asked to be curious about their own operations mm. and be more reflective in, well, why would we need a software like this? Or why haven't we had a software like this? You know, because it just seems like we could be way more efficient. And you know, where are the questions coming from? Other parts of the organization that utilize billing that depend on a particular department that need it to be more efficient so they can ultimately be more efficient. And they were at the time kind of grappling with a, a design thinking type of exercise where they, they kind of journey map. Well, what is the whole experience that comes through our department? What are our dependencies and what are other dependencies that other divisions have that we can affect? And how can we make others more efficient by changing the way we work? And, you know, sitting in on that type of exercise and really kind of mapping out that inquisitive sense is, is, is kind of fascinating for a product manager to sit in on. I mean, granted, we, we sparked the conversation mm -hmm. and we knew that it was necessary, but it's also really fun to kind of see the light bulb go off in customers that we're trying to help in, in designing products around what they need to improve. All right, David, now that we've talked so much about why curiosity is so important and so powerful, uh, let's talk about how we cultivate it. Tell me, tell me some of the, the things that you've, you've seen or learned through your journey. So I think some of the lessons I've learned in helping others become more curious within the teams that, that I've managed and worked with is really kind of sparking their interest in asking questions about their own performance. One of the best examples I have is, well, when I 
again, when I was working with Thompson Borders, I had joined the organization when they had just started the process of becoming an agile development environment. And within the agile manifesto, I learned at that point, having gone through the training with the development teams, part of that was asking after a sprint was finished, what had they done well and what had not gone well within the sprint? How could they have been either more efficient? How could they have worked with other divisions such as design and or the product department in a better way to really understand requirements? Were requirements efficient enough for them to really take the ball and run with it and develop a, a full stack slice of a of, of functionality within a, a, a digital solution. So asking those questions are inherent in that manifesto in how the dev team organizes itself and, and, and runs. And so I think it's interesting that it's kind of, you know, within the, the charter of when you're adopting an agile mindset and process, it's a part of the process. It's a part of that transition into being an agile team is asking those questions. Now that we're finished with a piece that we've produced um, within the software development environment, how could we have done it better? And you know, I think taking that line of questioning and bringing it into the product division and or the product design division in other divisions within the organization, sales. Sales also does a really great job of asking, how can we sell more? How can we learn more? How can we present ourselves better? How can we work better with other divisions and get more data about what we're selling and, and some of the, the pain points we're solving? But what's interesting as a product manager is encountering the dev team who was moving into a, a methodology that was new to them but that was inherently inquisitive in how they could ultimately function better. Those retrospectives are so powerful uh, mm -hmm. and just a really great way of sort of like turning your curiosity inward. And when they're done well, that, that safe setting to reflect on what you've done and sort of a continuous improvement thing, I think is, is really just a, it's just powerful. Yeah, and I think sitting in on that and watching the dev team kind of grapple with those questions is a great example of how it can permeate to other divisions within the organization. And I think one of the other things that the that represented something that you, you talked about a little bit with me uh, in a previous call was about the importance of humility in curiosity. And I think that's a great example. Like it's it's being humble enough to say, what did we not do ideally? And, and I think that that's, that's a, it's a powerful demonstration of that particular trait in action. Yeah, I think on, on that note, I think it, it ties back to the notion of being honest with what we don't know. Mm. And as a business, you know, I think there's, there's something that I discovered over the past few years called the Einstellung effect. And the, uh, apparently this is when creatives just kind of get stuck on the very first idea or track. And very often, you know, founders, when they have a startup or they're starting the organization, they have a one track vision or mission of exactly, you know, what they want to accomplish. And what often happens is, 
whether it be a VC or someone joins the organization and has a different perspective, they might offer a different way of looking things. And if you don't pivot, then apparently you stay on the original track. And the effect is that you're not looking at other avenues that could be more lucrative or solve bigger problems or could utilize your technology mm. in a more efficient way. And so the trick is really to kind of get out of that. And th there is a level of humility, as you mentioned, to being an entrepreneur and, and, and really being open to the possibility that you don't, you don't have all the answers. And I think when organizations and teams realize that they don't have what you know, all the answers at their disposal, they ultimately need to ask the questions. You know, what are we missing here? Is there anything that we're missing? Are we on the right track? Do we need to pivot and experiment with something else? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a the Einstellung. I've learned a new word, which now I'm, I'm going to think is perhaps German and means one street or something. But, uh, but that, that's, I mean, right? It's, it is. Uh, I think we all do that sometimes, right? Fall in love with our own ideas and don't give opportunity to think about: is there a better way of doing it? Right? Those yeah. are the the worst arguments to get in when you're arguing about we should do it this way. And all of a sudden you think, gosh, I don't even know if this is right anymore, but I feel so invested in the argument. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it going. That's, right. a, that's never a good place to be. That, that often is the hardest part is looking, looking at ourselves or looking at the way we're doing things and whether or not it is the most effective way things could be done and, and remaining open to an alternative perspective. So we talked a little bit about retroactives, kind of reflection backs as a tactic to, to kind of help with curiosity. Are there any other tactics that you would throw out there to, to help with curiosity sort of at an organizational or even individual level? Yeah, I mean, I think we touched upon some of these before and that's really kind of modeling a level of inquisitiveness. And I think from a leadership perspective, it's really important that we not only remain humble, but we exhibit those the the value of asking questions and even though we need to be confident in the decisions we're making i think we also need to be confident in being able to ask the questions or opening the floor up to others and allowing them to be curious and and stimulating that type of environment in in making sure that we're always questioning how can we better how can we be more efficient are we giving our customer what they're asking for? And is there anything that we're potentially missing? And you know, I think as, as product managers, as we interview customers, if we're leading a, a research you know, session and talking to customers, I think it's, it's, it's great to have that validation feedback in trying to understand and reading between the lines and asking them questions about what they're kind of describing in terms of their pain points, you know, in terms of the validation and demonstrating that to others on the call and other team members who will be eventually leading similar types of meetings is also a way of just remaining open to the possibilities that either there's a little more to extract from our customers and or, you know, we could keep moving forward in, in, in the questioning. It's just going to, uh, on a personal anecdote in that area, right? I mean, I think that allowing room for people's curiosity, I think one of the I'm going to say mistakes, but that may not be the right word. One of the habits that sometimes I think product managers and type A personalities have is they bring people into the conversation, but maybe too late, right? Like they, they, they're going to hold a, a 
brainstorming session, but they already have the answers in their mind, right? Like that's that's a disingenuous way of allowing curiosity because you're you're if you can bring them in earlier, if you can have like truly an ideation and exploration session where there isn't a formulated answer, then you're hearing it very differently, and uh, they can tell. They can tell that you're receiving that curiosity in a different level than. I walked you through everything in the hopes that A and B will bring you to C, right? That's that's not the same level as like, hey, let's really go and poke at things. And I've done that before, which is why I was like, on a personal side, you know what I've done wrong before. <laughs> and then I'm frustrated that they're, you know, not brainstorming. I'm like, well, you've given them a little teeny box. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think just to to get back to your your question of some tactics and, and what can be done to really kind of promote curiosity. I think, you know, it can also start within the hiring process of when you're building an organization mm. and the types of questions that you're asking potential employees and those who you're interviewing in at, at all levels. If they're demonstrating and providing stories about being inquisitive and solving based on curiosity, solving problems, being open to questions and providing stories about this is how I raised a question and I ran with it to find the answer, and then we executed on that answer. Is that what we're looking for within the organization? And so I think it's important to give recruiters some talking points in terms of a level of curiosity that you might be looking for on your team. And for existing employees, I think it's always important to, to share the value of, of growing and stimulating a growth mindset and in that always questioning you know what can be done what can be improved and really what are their let's say professional goals i i had a really wonderful manager at thomson reuters who asked me you know where i saw myself in five to ten years and i said i want to be a vp of product and i didn't realize that that opportunity would come sooner than that but which, which was which was wonderful but at the same time i thought what an amazing question for a manager to ask and he was willing to help me find a track to achieve my goals and ask the questions how can we get you there and you know i i, I think he also plan helped me plan out kind of my learning goals in order mm -hmm. to design that track and ultimately to help the organization I was with, which was Thomson Reuters, but also to see that I was successful. You know, if I was successful, then he was successful because he had been a great manager and, and, and he was, you know, but I think emphasizing those learning goals and, and how we want to move forward and improve is also a process of instituting that level of curiosity. Those are great. I love that finding the right talent, searching for it, giving them safe environments. And the nice thing about that, the asking the employees to like where they want to be. Yes, it could be where you want to be in this organization and there. But if I have an understanding of their wider goals and areas of interest, I'm feeding that, you know, that that's where their natural curiosity is. That will absolutely have an effect on my organization, even if it doesn't feel as direct, right? You know, I I think that it's powerful to to let people chase their curiosities because I think the sort of umbrella effects can be quite quite strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean, and so um another tactic I've I've used in the last couple of years actually 
I was interim CPO at, at a, a social recruiting software organization where they had built and were in the process of kind of revamping and redesigning a software specifically for the HR uh, department with the, within organizations. And, you know, I was brought in to help kind of reposition and reorganize and rethink how product really ultimately builds product. And a part of that process was understanding where they had been in the seven years prior to my being you know, a part of the organization. And it wasn't a learning organization. And I asked, you know, what type of learning environment it was. And it, and it turns out it, it wasn't much of a learning environment because they weren't being asked to learn on their own and to expand their own skills and to ultimately bring that back to the team and see how they could be applied to make the team better and to make the product better and to make the organization better. And so really supporting employees' exploration of how they can ultimately broaden their interests, I think is really key in providing that freedom you know, to explore. I was, so when, when, I, when I did join the organization as a VP of product, uh, part of a, a large legal software uh, and consulting organization. One of the things that the then CEO asked me was, you know, what are you kind of interested in? And one of the things I said was blockchain. And he had, at that time, been in talks with a blockchain, a nonprofit consortium that was instituting a blockchain for the legal world, for the legal mm-hmm. market. And he asked me, well, you know, if that's one of your interests, go for it, you know, explore, become the blockchain expert for our organization so that you can kind of bring back and provide any data and or knowledge of how we could implement this. And, you know, what came of that was ultimately working with a, a blockchain consulting company and that consortium to build out an e-signature technology that would then be written into that blockchain used for the the legal market and global law firms. And so it was a really exciting process to have that freedom of exploring something I was interested in and then being able to bring it back to the organization and seeing the benefit of that interest, you know, manifest in a way that was ultimately valuable for, for, for that company. I love that. One of the other things about curiosity is it's sort of a perpetual virtuous circle, right? They, they get like the, yes. the, the rewards of it never end. <laughs> and I, I yeah. think, yeah, and you've talked a little bit about this with me before, but I, I think that that's an, an, an it's a, a, again, the sort of continual learn practice, learn leverage is, is a, pays dividends forevermore. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was recently reading a book by, I think, a James Clear atomic habits. And in that he describes in changing habits, it's not enough to just have goals because what happens is once we reach a goal, very often we're not quite sure what happens after that. Mm. Mm. And rather we focus on a system, which is a constant of, let's say within the growth mindset arena is constantly just learning and creating a system, creating those moments either for yourself or with our teams that will require us to learn, you know, whether it be taking time to read a book 
or another tactic that, that I've used in teams is actually requiring them to read books and bring back what they have learned to the team. And we'll have a lunch hour where they present what was what was the really cool thing that you learned that you feel like either changed your perspective and or we could potentially start integrating and implementing. But that's within the system of learning. And so it'll ultimately get you to reaching your goals, but the goal is not, you know, the end all the, because as you suggested, it's never ending. So it's more of a process and it's more about creating the system of sparking that curiosity and, and that, that need to kind of move forward rather than just getting to a point where, you know, something it's always learning, right? Yeah. Love it. Continue on learning, continue improvement. It's it's hard not to see how much impact that can have on an organization. And it's also just a really fun way to be, right? If we're, I was just, I did a podcast with somebody who wrote a book about the, the best bad idea ever. Uh, and it was that like, don't just poo-poo a bad idea, like be authentically curious about it. And you could either help them see on their own it's not right, or together kind of figure out where there is gold in there. And, and again, it's a very collaborative way to be, to build really strong products. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, as you said, it's a, it's a virtuous cycle. Yeah, exactly. Right. So. so we have talked about a lot of different things, a lot of different aspects of curiosity. But if you were to have listeners do two things differently tomorrow, based on what we talked about today, David, what would that be? I think one thing as leaders, as product leaders within organization, and I don't mean leader just in managing others. I mean, leading leader as, you know, you are the leader of a product, whether you're a product owner, product manager, principal, product manager, and or growth or VP. But at all levels, I think it's interesting to take an opportunity to expand and broaden your knowledge of other industries. Mm. I think it I think it's critical to not only focus on your industry and the market that you're in, but other industries are in need of innovation and evolving inevitably have to move in different directions as a result of all sorts of forces, whether it be you know markets within their industry or the economic climate, whatever it is. But those companies who are at least aware of the need to change are doing things that are incredible. And there are a lot of articles and books about how companies have transformed because they were just asking questions about what else they could do or needed to do. I think a great way to start is actually just reading Clayton Christensen, Innovator's Dilemma and or mm -hmm. Innovator's Solution. Those are great books. Anything by Clayton Christensen, I think is absolutely critical. So I think it's just expanding your horizon and your knowledge of what, what companies and people are doing outside of the world that you're ultimately familiar with is, is one. I think two is try not to get stuck in the way things are right now. I, I think it's worth at least broaching the conversation as, as, it, as individual contributors. We can always ask our manager, is there anything that you want me to think about that I'm not thinking about? And, and I think that that can be done, that type of questioning can be done, you know, up and down management. But I think as individuals, 
it's great to have that conversation with our managers so that we become aware of the desire for us to grow, but also it's demonstrating a desire to our managers that we're interested in understanding how we can grow. So I, th I think those are two critical tactics that anywhere you know, in product organizations can help move things forward and, and, and for the better. Okay. David, lots of good conversation, lots of good insights that I appreciate you sharing with us today. Thanks for coming here. Thank you, Rebecca. I really appreciate the time. That was great awesome. to talk to you. Yeah. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you everyone for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help elevate your company, your product, and your career.